Welcome back to the next Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Really interested in this conversation about to have. Any long-term listener to the show knows about the work I do with the Washington Post. Each week we get some of their writers, one of their writers on each week. And honestly, they are the creators of some of the best writing in journalism today. Anyone know me long-term? and the show's been around now uh, for a long time. They know I'm, I'm center-right. Washington Post tends to be center-left. But what's so important, particularly in this incredibly polarized society, is that we look at a variety of opinion. And the opinion uh, and the reporting approach, uh, news approach of the Post, is really phenomenal. Uh, you've got a depth and breadth of coverage that is so hard to find, which is why I always love talking to their reporters. Uh, Evan Halper, he's been on the show before. Every time he comes on, we get great feedback. Evan, welcome to the program. So glad to have you on. Interesting title here, EV Maker's Use of Chinese Suppliers Raises Concern About Forced Labor, which uh, is an interesting topic, not mentioned much, um, and, and certainly not new, is it? Yeah. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me here and uh, really appreciate the kind words about the post. So, yeah, the topic of forced labor um, in the auto supply chain and particularly the EV supply chain, uh, you know, it's something we, we hear about on and off. We've heard about in other industries. You know, you may, you may associate it more with the fashion industry, for example. There was a lot of cotton coming from uh, Xinjiang. Xinjiang is the region in China uh, where there's a lot of repression of Uyghurs going on. Um, Uyghurs are an ethnic minority, an ethnic Muslim minority, um, and you know there's there's been a whole uh, series of repressive measures taken by the Chinese government against this minority, in which they're um, you know it's they've been internment camps and, and forced imprisonment and uh, the transfer of of literally millions of people from small villages, uh, you know, to these factory towns uh, where they're coerced to to work, according to, you know, human rights investigators. The U.S. says there's a genocide going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so this is, but again, this isn't new. This is interesting. In fact, uh, we don't talk about Smoot-Hawley terror facts very often. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, was, was, many say contributed to the beginning of the Great Depression. Um, it was a very almost, um, I don't know, how, almost a weaponized approach to trade in many, many respects. One of the things that were in, and over time, the Smith-Hawley Tariff Act was dismantled. Uh, basically, what it is is a sweeping protectionism uh, bill. Uh, and over time, piece by piece, it's been dismantled. But one piece that was not dismantled was the provision that uh, we will not import goods made by slave labor. That, that provision is ever left. We've always had a very selective uh, approach of enforcing it. And throughout much of history, we knew this country was doing that and that country was doing this. Never, never. And so why, why now are we raising this question? And why really only in the EV space? It seems like they, they would be using, especially when I look at the made in China prices across the board. Yeah, and so obviously tensions between the U.S. and China have really been flaring over the last few years. Um, and in that context, and with everything we know about what was happening in Xinjiang, Congress passed uh, in 2021 what's called the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. 
And it was basically saying, look, if you are importing goods from this region of China, where we everything we know is that there's 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 just a large amount of forced labor going on, where your materials or parts of your goods come from there, you need to be able to prove as a business uh, that there was no forced labor, no slave labor involved in the production of those goods. China makes that you know very tough. Um, you know they have passed anti-sanctions laws where if you are an auditor or an investigator and you want to go in and look at a supply chain and ask questions of the workers you can get thrown in jail for basically aiding and abetting these Western sanctions. And it's not just the U.S. that has a law like this, you know, um, Europe and Canada. I mean, they're all sort of cracking down in the context of this region being a black box where China's not letting anyone see what's going on there. So uh, you're right that there had been a backing off of, of uh, you know, some of these tariffs that were considered protectionist. This is really has bipartisan buy-in um, in Congress as a, as a real human rights issue. Is you know that that what's happening in in Xinjiang is just beyond the pale. This is not protectionism in the eyes of the lawmakers that have passed this law. You know this is just a human rights in the U.S. principle issue, and what's happening there is just you know considered so outrageous that you know they passed this sweeping law. And but enforcing it is tough. Yes, and so they can say that again, but this is not a new issue. I get frustrated with it. You're, you're just a messenger, and a darn good one, by the way, Evan. You're just you're just reporting the news, but uh, it, it gets frustrating. And I'm not saying not to do anything. It's just the hypocrisy, the inconsistency, uh, those type of things. So, and so it seems like. Uh, major players, all players really in the EV space are going to take a pounding. Uh, it sounds particularly pr- uh, threatening, if you will, to Tesla. Yeah, I mean, this is a big problem for a lot of companies because a lot, you know, a lot of the EV production takes place in China. Something like three quarters of the lithium-ion batteries, which are you know a necessary component of electric vehicles, are manufactured in China. Um, the supply chains, you know, China just made big investments, um, you know, billions and billions of dollars in propping up these supply chains and subsidizing them because they wanted to dominate this marketplace. Um, You know, and now we're in this place where relations with that country uh, are so chilled and it's become a national security concern because, you know, the auto industry is moving toward EVs. And if it means being balled into China and everything needs to come through China and playing by their rules, uh, you know, it's it's a challenge, and and it's really manifesting itself in this region in in Xinjiang. Um, you know, for a long time there wasn't a whole lot of auto industry, or at least EV industry uh, manufacturing happening in that part of China. But you know, it's part of the the five year plan in China to to actually you know the Xinjiang five year plan to move a lot of the EV industry there. And the market, you know, for you mentioned Tesla, of course, that was a big part of our story. They sell 40% of their cars in China, um, you know, and it's key to their growth. If they lose access to, to China, that's a, that's a massive crisis for that company and other companies. Volkswagen also sells, you know, just under half its cars in China, um, you know, and, and it, these companies are in a challenging place because a few years ago, um, you know, during the, let's say during the Obama administration, um, it was encouraged, you know, a lot of companies were, were moving in that direction. The U.S. government was encouraging better relations and, and sort of these global supply chains and 
things have gone in the other direction now. And, um, you know, the, the Chinese government is pushing some of these companies, uh, you know, to, if you want to operate there, to, to, to shift their supply chains or have some measure of supply chain exposure in Xinjiang. And the U.S. government is saying, you know, absolutely not. If you have any products that or any materials that come from Xinjiang, uh, you know, Customs and Border Patrol can seize them and you may never see them again. So this really speaks uh, to an interesting dilemma to uh, White House that uh, would like to see all new cars starting in 2030, and I think it's now been adjusted to 2032 because reality thinks in of how big of a challenge that is to be electric. This this kind of undermines that. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it, you know it also underscores what Congress was trying to do with the Inflation Reduction Act. You know, billions of dollars in subsidies for uh, cleaner energy and cleaner technology, and there's a there's big subsidies for uh, you know electric vehicles in there, but it's all based on uh, the parts being built and manufactured in in the U.S. or areas where we have free trade agreements, and. Um, you know, the, the hope is to onshore or at least move away from China a lot of that manufacturing. But, you know, that's easier said than done. This is, you know, these are very expensive. The, the whole the infrastructure here, it, you know, when you build one of these plants, it's a, you know, it's a multi-decade investment. And so just moving all of that uh, at the pace it would need to be moved out of China, moving the supply chains, you know, it, it, it looks good on paper. It sounds good politically, but making that all happen as quickly as would need to happen to meet those targets you were just talking about is, you know, potentially impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Evan Hopper, he is with the Washington Post. He's been on the show. Every time I, you, you're on, uh, you know, I know you're a writer and you're a very good writer, uh, but you're also really good at radio. So I always have a great time with you. I, I talk to a lot of people in the writing space and I can tell they're not having nearly as much fun as they do writing. <laughs> but you have a good yeah. time, and we have a good time with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love being able to, you know, reach a wider audience. I know not everyone's going to read our, you know, 100-inch uh, article. It's a, it, it's a lot to get through. Um, and, you know, so, yeah. But hopefully your listeners will uh, go over and, and click on it and, and learn more. They need to. It's a very good article. I want to encourage the listener to go to priceofbusiness.com. We'll have a link to both this interview and to that article. It's really well done. Again, I'm a huge fan of uh, Washington Post's work. And keep up the good work on your part, Evan. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's great to talk to you about this, Kevin. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.